Welcome to The Six Figure Therapist, where we discuss professional and practical ways for mental health practitioners to help others and make money. Here's your host, Dr. Arcella. Hello, I'm Dr. Arcella, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Six Figure Therapist. I am so excited to have Dr. Cherry with me today. Uh, I got to tell you so much about her, but I'm going to first let her introduce herself, and then I'll tell you a few things about her, too. So, Dr. Cherry, welcome. Thank you so much for having me here, Arcella. Um, nothing excites me more than being in the room with my Sorbor and my Spelman sister. So all of that um, is very, very exciting. And I'll just tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I'm Dr. Cherry. I have a company called Personality Matters where we do leadership development and coaching, um, consulting and training, primarily leadership development, really helping leaders understand how to be their best selves. Um, working from the inside out, transforming organizations around the topic of inclusion and belonging. Um, and we do a lot of work that really helps people recognize that you're already enough. And, um, and we just do it and, and, and enjoy that. That's what we do. Thank you. And I'm just going to say, I, I was thinking about as I was thinking about you coming today, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And I can think of so many lessons that I've learned from you. So I just want to first thank you personally, even though they may not know you yet, they don't know Dr. Cherry because you are a person definitely to know. But I can remember, I remember one time, I don't know if you remember this, but you, first of all, let me just say, you are the best networking person. I think I've told you that, that I know, like you walk in a room, light it up and know everybody by the time it's over and I've always admired that about you and I remember one time you and I were at a hotel I don't know if you remember this but um I was there I think for a conference and you were there for like a mini conference but I was there for some days and we saw Stedman Graham Oprah Winfrey's you know both and I was like oh my gosh that's Stedman Graham you're like oh yeah you're like girl just go I was like no honey you were like watch this and you just went and you're just talking and stuff and I was like oh my god you know, I think I might have stood next to you and, and just stood there. You were like, oh, no, girl, look, this is how you do it. And you were just showing me how to work a room. And and I remember when we did some work together, you did uh, when you had contract CDC. And I remember you just walked around. You remember things about people. You, you know, you just had that presence where everybody was like, oh, my gosh. And I was like, how does she even remember all this stuff about people? So, again, one of the best networking people that I know in terms of business, but personally also just, just a genuine loving person. So it's been such an honor just to know you all these years. And, and like you said, we, you know, we sisters in different ways, but, and um, the other thing I want to say that I'm gonna let you talk is that also with my business, you know how they say, oh, women can't get along and women, but you always send me clients. You have helped me. If I ask you for something, you send it or have your assistant send it. And not just one little thing, you send folders. Hey, look in these folders and, and find it. So you've always had a sharing, caring nature too. So I just want to just tell you publicly that I appreciate you very much, very much. Well, I appreciate how you show up because if I always tell people, if I refer someone mm -hmm. I stand by them and I I stand by you and I refer you I mean you're the first name out of out of my mouth and I'm like 
And don't worry, she's probably not doing it, but the Jillian is good too. And there are other people over there because I know if she trained them, they're phenomenal. Yeah. So you, you know, we have that mutual admiration for mm-hmm. each other. And I think that that's what makes the, you know, things really work when you, when you know you love each other. Mm-hmm. So yes, I appreciate you. Okay, so now let's get started. So the first question I normally ask is when we help people, I really do believe when you help people like we help people and you're doing the coaching and, and trainings and things like that, that we're gifted. Like I think that that's a gift to do that. So when did you first realize that you were gifted or that you wanted to go in this profession of helping people and coaching and things? So this question always surprises people. And when I answer this, I don't want anyone to use this as the the measuring stick for themselves. Mm -hmm. So at five years old, I started listening to Norman Vincent Peale. And I said at five that I was going to do what Norman Vincent Peale did. I knew at five I was a black woman. I knew that I would, you know, have a different path. But I knew that the power of positive thinking was so extremely important. And what was interesting to me was the the path that it it took for me. Um, And so when I was in the first grade, I was walking in there and my teacher was like, what is wrong with this child? Like, what are you talking about? Like, you can't even really write yet. And you're coming out with all this weird stuff. And I'm like, yes, I think therefore I am. And all of this stuff, so... So I say it started it started early early for me with my mom listening because she was in in real estate um, early um, and I just wanted to listen and learn so that was that was it and I said I want to help as many people as possible and Zig Ziglar has this quote that says you can have whatever you want as long as you help enough other people and I just believe that mm-hmm. it's enough for all of us. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that yeah, that is early. So okay, <laughs> especially Norman Peel. Okay, all right. I didn't even know that. It's good to know. All right, so then you go to college and you major in psychology. And so when you finish, then where do you go? <laughs> so that's funny because I went to New York, and when I went to New York, I had no idea that New York was the home of Norman Vincent Peale. <laughs> so, so I'm one of those people who loves knowledge, right? So other people are embarrassed to get on the double butt, the double Dutch bus. But every city I go to, I get on the, on the bus. Okay. So I'm on the bus and they're like, Norman Vincent Peale, like, wait, yes. So fate brought me to um, where Norman Vincent Peale actually started his work. But I went and I left when I graduated with my PhD, I went to work for a company called Accenture doing large scale change management consulting, really helping leaders implement changes for Fortune 100, you know, 500 companies. That's what I did. So now did you, when you, in psychology, getting your PhD, what's your PhD in? So my PhD is officially in social slash organizational slash health slash statistics. Why is why all of that? Because I went to school year round all the time. And so in, you know, you only need like 15 hours in graduate school to get a concentration. So I never took time off and I took more classes than anything. So I just kept taking classes to have a concentration. When I started 
we both experienced Dr. Myra Burnett at Spelman. Dr. Burnett was just one of my favorite people and still is on the, on the planet. And she introduced me to social psychology. And she also introduced me to industrial organizational psychology. And I just could not pick between the two of them. And so that made it so I, I had to work on both of them, using both of them at the same time. So doing social and organizational, I went to the University of Georgia and made up my own specialty. Gotcha, gotcha. I was like, yeah, I understand y'all got all this, but I'm, a, I'm about to figure this out for myself. And that's what I did. So then did you, were you kind of concerned if you didn't get a license at the time? Because at the time, uh, industrial organizational psychology was still kind of just catching on. Like it wasn't as talked about, I guess. I know it's been around, but it wasn't as talked about. So were you concerned like, oh, should I go get a license or should I do anything like that? Again, I'm, I have to do the preface, the preface on what I say. I don't, because I always recognize you know the people that we work with a lot of times they are still trying to figure out well what am i going to do today mm -hmm. um and so if you listen to somebody else's story you might say oh my goodness i'm way behind the curve mm -hmm. but or oh shoot i should think like her mm -hmm. but i just had a lot of unique circumstances so um what i'm going to say is for me i didn't care mm -hmm. and i just always thought that if there was a will dog on it there is going to be a way and that's what I was determined to to find I didn't understand and so the other part of it is I would say I was probably too naive to even understand okay. and I I could I knew that there was a path where I could get a license mm -hmm. and Dr. Sandra Patterson mm -hmm. um, and Dr. Butler they really wanted me to go on that path and I kept telling them that I I wouldn't do that path at all. I said, no, because if I get into that, if I start really, really helping in that way, I'm not going to do the work that I really, really want to do, which is leadership development. And so, you know, that's the thing I love about Spelman. So Dr. Middlebrook said, okay, well, if you're not going to do that, you at least have to get a certificate in coaching. So they, I mean, not coaching, training, mm -hmm. teaching. So they forced me to go and get, um, become a student teacher. And I'm saying all that to say at Spelman, it was, I had a plan B. So if this thing didn't work out, I could always be a teacher and, and I could always work in higher ed as a teacher. So I knew that I had other paths just in case, but my plan A and the thing that I focused on most was just going out there and really doing organizational social psychology to, to help people understand why they do what they do. Okay. All right. So then you, you go and you're working for this organization. And so you stay there. And then how do you get to your company, Personality Matters? So when I was at Accenture, I was doing work that was really on software systems. And what I realized was change management is a great field but we are preparing the leaders truly for the change. And I was begging Accenture at the time, like, please let me work with the leaders. And they're like, listen, we make a billion dollars. We love your passion and we love what you do, but we're a billion dollar company. 
So all of this passion that you have is just fine. Just go in and implement this system and, you know, give them this little training that we're going to give them and you come on back. And I said, yes, yes, but really we can't use the systems if we don't empower the people. And so what I did one day, I was doing a training and it was a values training and I was teaching a leader um, on some stuff that I was allowed to do on my own because Accenture was really great. It's one of those companies that you could do whatever you want to do as long as you perform for them. Mm-hmm. So I was teaching someone else a values um, scale. And when I looked at my values scale, my top values were um, learning, freedom, and family, mm-hmm. but not in that order because the order was family, freedom, and learning. Mm-hmm. And so I recognized that I was working for Accenture, flying out, you know, always on planes, always, and my family was in Atlanta, so I wasn't at mm-hmm. home. And then I'm working on systems and not helping people as much as I want. And so I was starting to experience cognitive dissonance. And I asked them if I could be transferred at least back to the Atlanta office. And at the time, they said that they didn't have any openings, Mm -hmm. but they told me that they would pay me for six months to really just think about how, you know, amazing Accenture is as a company. And I told them, you can pay me, but I'm going to be in Atlanta while you're, you're paying me. And while that was happening, um, fate again, stepped in and I got a call from a headhunter and that headhunter said, we have a, a perfect position for you in Atlanta with, um, a company, Oracle Hyperion Solutions. I went there for a minute. I'm gonna make this long story even longer. And when I went there, this meant that this company was about to pay me to come back home where I, like they're paying for my move that I just asked this company for. And Accenture is understanding, but they're still paying me this six months. So I'm coming down six months paid. They're moving me. I'm getting all the stuff that's, that's aligned with my values. And this company at the time was actually Hyperion was being bought out by Oracle and they closed the Atlanta office. So then what happens? They pay me six months severance, all right? So now I have a year severance being paid, basically six months from Accenture, six months from Oracle. And I said, I'm not going to let anybody else decide for me what's going to happen. I know what I want to do. I know what I was called to do. I've been saying it since I was five. I didn't call it a coach but that's what I'm going to do. And so I started Personality Matters. Wow. So now did you use the money they gave you? <laughs> that's how I lived. That's, that's, that's the first year. You know, everybody always says, you got to have money in the bank to start your own company. I had money in the bank and I had no real expenses. Um, and so I used all that I had and I, you know, was able to, to figure it out, networking, net weaving, talking mm-hmm. to folks and, and you know, now, goodness gracious, I've been in business for myself since 2001 until today. Mm. 
Wow. So then how did you end up getting to, so you had that experience from being in the companies. And like you said, you started talking to people, but how did you get the business out there? Like what were some of the things that you did to, to get you, get yourself out there? I had to find models, find mentors, and really just talk to people. The thing that's interesting is, so one of my best friends, and I have 11 best friends. And so <laughs> I don't care what people say. I'm, I just, I'm a non-traditional person. I, like, you know more than that. It's like, you can't have 11 best friends. Listen, <laughs> I, I can have whatever I want as long as I'm good to all of them. Um, so one of my best friends, she, um, Chiquita, she went to um, FAMU Business School, SBI. So when I was at Spelman every Friday, instead of hanging out at Spelman, I would go to the SBI, long story, because I'm spoiled, and my parents didn't recognize that I was in college, and it wasn't until I got older that I realized that I didn't recognize I was in college. <laughs> Every time my parents went out of town, they thought that they should take me okay. with my parents, so can't talk about any helicopter parents or anything because productive one. So every Friday I was at SBI, which is the School of Business for FAMU. Mm-hmm. And so I learned all of the principles about having your own business and doing this um, from a lady, Dr. Dr. Mobley, who is no longer here, and sitting there next to, next to Chiquita. So the biggest thing for me was having models, but nobody understood what it meant to be a coach and mm-hmm. not a therapist. And so when I first told Chiquita I wanted to be a coach, she said, but you have a PhD, you went, did all this work, and now you want to be a, a coach? Mm-hmm. And so right around that time, again, fate, serendipity, um, Essence did this article, and it was on the cover story um, about coaching. And mm-hmm. she was like, oh, what a great profession. I think you should be a coach. <laughs> <laughs> <She's> auto Essence. <laughs> so now it's legitimate. <laughs> legitimate. Now they've got the research. <laughs> But, but yeah. I was really an early adopter. I mean, mm-hmm. I worked with um, Thomas Leonard early on. And, you know, before we had ICF credentialing, mm-hmm. I was already coaching. Mm-hmm. So I had already been in this field doing what I needed to do to really be, you know, successful. And, and it was just innate. Some of the stuff was just guessing. Um, and I had an aunt who was in real estate who was in her 80s at that time. And she said, baby. If you throw enough spaghetti on the wall, something's got to stick. Mm-hmm. So just keep throwing stuff up there. And that's what I kept doing. And you know, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. I, just, I don't have a problem with making it up and trying it. Some stuff is going to fail, but more often than not, something is going to stick. Also, what's going to stick for one person, it's not going to stick for somebody else. And that's okay. And that's what I love about variety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Another lesson I learned from you is like, you know, don't think too hard about it. Just go for it, see what happens. I, like I said, I'm still not 100% where you're at, but I am quicker now in doing things because, like you said, if it doesn't work, you can do something else. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So then you, you do this coaching, you start to work for other companies or how did you get your leadership? Like, how did they know? And, you know, maybe talk about, I don't know when your books came about too. I know you have books and like, how to, how to, what else did you do? Yes. So I started partnering with different organizations for sure. I, I'm a, I am a thinker and a reader. So all of these books you can't even see. This whole room is surrounded mm-hmm. by my real friends. These are my other friends. Um, 
I was reading a lot about how to do different things. And so one of the things I did was I started to partner with people and I went in and, and I still partnered with some of those same people and was really kind of a subcontractor um, for, for some individuals, learned lots of different skills about consulting and training and all of those things. I had a great opportunity to partner with Dr. Roosevelt Thomas, um, the founder of Diversity, if you wanna think about like a big guy. And all of these people were so giving and loving. Um, they just really you know, helped me a lot. Um, there's a guy, Vincent Brown with Global Lead, um, and I, <laughs> it's so funny because I, for so many years, I used to tell him, I was like, listen, I just carry your bags. Just let me show up. Just let me show up. <laughs> you know, and, and, and then I had a mentor, Rita Bogues, and then I had a, a mentor, um, Keith Harrell, Attitude is Everything. And I would just adopt people and they would just adopt me. And I, I wouldn't ask for anything. And so I think that's what's interesting about the new generation <laughs> and what I, the way I came up, I just wanted to show up and learn. And I knew that those lessons were invaluable. There's like hashtag priceless that, that, that will be coming from that. So I didn't need to be paid to, to be there. Um, and over time, when I started to do, you know, training and coaching, they would certainly, you know, pay me for that. But some of it was just having myself in, in the right place and, um, I have a wonderful mentor to this day, Mr. Tommy Dorch, who is probably um, one of the greatest, you know, men in terms of just showing about business. And, and he just put me in the right places to, to speak at the 100 Black Men conferences and, and just doing a lot of stuff and just kind of watching him. I was like, okay, wow, I have some huge shoes to fill. And I will say this though, um, Dr. Arcella, most of the people that I had to follow or followed were men. Um, and that was a, that was something. Um, and, and I'm very appreciative that they opened all of these doors. Um, Rita Bogues, Dr. Bogues, probably the first woman and she came later and I was determined. I was like, I gotta find a woman. Like what is happening? Why are, you know, why is everybody that's at the top of a male? Mm -hmm. So that's something that's important to me when I started to think about giving back and, you know, what my legacy is and what my purpose is. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that I, I'm as accessible as I possibly can to different people. Mm -hmm. So I just want you to briefly kind of talk about how you ended up, because this is the thing I think people should, because they, if they don't see you do it, like, is there just any kind of tips you could give people who are like me and not really a networker? People like, once I start talking to people, I'm fine. But if I walked into a room, like, so how did you, when you saw those leaders and you wanted to get to know them, can you just give a few tips of what you did or what you said in order to, to, to get them to talk to you and yeah, so I think it's extremely important. You know, I always start off with the disclaimer. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> so important that no matter what people see me as, I'm still on every scale introverted. Nobody uh -huh. believes that, but I'm an introvert. Okay. Um, but I'm also, I'm an introverted thinker. And so I spend a lot of time internally, introspection, that thinking and that preparation. So when I met those leaders, I kind of knew about their information and I was able to offer something about their stuff that they really hadn't even thought about. Oh. Um, I would be all into 
like Dr. Roosevelt Thomas's work. And so I was like, hey, Dr. Thomas, have you ever thought about having people outsourcing some of your material, you know, to people who are just starting? And so I was one of the first people who was able to license elephants and giraffe from him um, because I was kind of helping him think about this new, you know, revenue stream. Now it took him some time to come back to me and think about it. And his goddaughter that I think you also know really um, led that effort. But me being around him, you know, trying to figure out how I can stick around was, was one of the ways. So, so the key, if I were to, to nail that down and summarize it, is really start to think about how you can add value to someone else. Because so many times when we're talking to other people, it's what can you do for me? But this isn't the Janet Jackson song, what have you done for me lately either. It's really about what can you pour into other people. So I wanted to make sure that I was carrying my own weight, you know, and, and I was a small, young, you know, woman. And I wanted to make sure that my my stand and the way that I, I showed up um, was, was depositing. So one is about that preparation. Um, the second thing is that self-talk. You have to talk to yourself and recognize that if there's a Stedman there, and I still have that picture, because what I did was not only did I meet Stedman, mm -hmm. um, but I had Stedman holding my book, and oh. I, was holding, I was holding his book. So I had a press uh, <laughs> holding my first book, Move Out of Your Own Way, back in 2004, which helped me to market it. And so it's that inner courage that you just gotta keep you know doing and i i talk about and move out of your own way which is my favorite book um 15 minutes of fame and that's that 15 minutes when you're telling yourself i am awesome i am great and you need to tell yourself whatever it is you need to say so that the 23 hours and 45 minutes that other folks ain't telling you you can remember that you're great and that's one of the things that i was really really able to do i use my 15 minutes of fame to psych myself up the third thing is to um, forget the box, know that there is one, but, but we get so into, I'm gonna do this and that and this, and then we don't do nothing, no thing. And so we want to just do something. It doesn't matter what it is that we do, but there has to be something that you're willing to do. And for me, I really started to think about, there are some things that I can do all the time to move myself forward. It's not gonna be um, what Dr. Trumbull does um, because you know the way you do your stuff is, is exceptional, but it's gonna be the way I do it and the way I do it is just gonna be just fine. And so I think those are, are really the, the three things that I would say. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And I, I'm glad that you brought the fact about really learning about people because I'm sure you've had people that want to work with you. I have people that say, oh, I want to work with you. And like you said, don't know much about you. Don't, or they might have seen you once. But like you said, how do you add value to people? How do you, and we were talking about this before we started, started this is, you know, we give to people all the time for free, even to this day, you know, and, and we received a lot from people for free and things like that too. But it's just figuring out, like, 
like you said, how do you give in the world and then you will receive, but you have to do something too. So that's why I have on my board, faith without works is dead, right? So yeah, so just moving. But I, yeah, like I said, I think that talking to yourself too, that's a whole nother uh, thing about, okay, because even doing this, I'm like, hey, just move. And I think about people like you to tell me, just move and move and then you'll see what happens. So thank you, thank you. Now, so I always ask people, you know, so you, you're a six figure coach. Well, actually my company is, is we're, we're in, we're seven rare. Yes. The company has made it to, to seven. So it's the, the sustainable part is, is hard for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and every year is, you know, we're, we're growing. Um, I have 23 coaches on staff currently. Wow. Three coaches on staff. We're in multiple agencies. Um, around the United States. And, and now I'm starting to look at an Asian Pacific, you know, footprint. So other, other pieces, but you, you just, you, you don't get a chance to rest. And so um, when I started the company, I read the book, The E-Myth, and I mm-hmm. knew how to start a business. <laughs> and I always, and I taught entrepreneurship for five years because I also, you know, have a specialty. I went to, an, I went to Kennesaw State um, to get my hours towards my MBA. But it's important that we know that what the books say, it's rarely the way that it's going to work. Just like a change process. When you think about people healing, people think it's from here to here. And, you know, no, it's not. It's that spirally all kind of stuff. So you just have to know that it's all in, in the process. And so... You know, if you hit seven, when you hit that milestone, uh, we've been there twice. I mean, in the last two years, so we're we're hopefully in an upward progression. But it is constant. It's like okay, you know, like the deer in the headlights. We're here now. What? <laughs> you know. So you just keep trying. You just keep in reinventing yourself. And one of the things I wanted to mention that sometimes people don't think about when they set up their businesses, you, um, if I'm not mistaken, you're operated as a minority-owned business, woman-owned business, things like So you got the other credentials to do contracts and things as well? So what, that's interesting that you say, because I'm actually literally just getting my woman-owned certificate as we speak. Okay. But I did set up my company and 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 so let me be fully transparent i did not do things in the pattern that the book said i should mm-hmm. <laughs> okay so there is a lot of opportunity for growth and development in the company like i am leaving lots of money on the table because of my unorthodox ways mm-hmm. and the way that i just like to just show up Mm-hmm. and and make stuff happen so um i did get an 8a certificate to work with the government which was which took a lot of time effort and energy and i think had i known differently i probably would have waited a little bit longer to to do that okay or i would have brought on some some other people okay. but Sometimes, again, we are always chasing, oh, I need that certificate to make myself get that credential, do that thing. And the real thing we need to do is just do something that's going to bring you money every day. Mm-hmm. Right. So and, and then I and then I'm always like, OK, let me change that for people. 
Don't even do it every day. Every other day, how many hours do you want to spend focused on just this piece and really starting to figure out what brings you money? And so when I go to these gurus, they're always blown away because there's no model for how I made it. Right? They're like, hmm. <laughs> if you didn't do that, hmm, okay. So everything they're telling me, I'm like, no, that can't be true because that's not what I did. You know, <laughs> I just showed up and said, no, this is what I want to do. And I've just been persistent and I've had some relationships and, and all of that stuff. And I think that's what I want your listeners to understand. Yes, know the process, but also really start to think about what is it that you want mm -hmm. and how you can continue to just drive that. And so prayer is not enough because hope is not a strategy. Um, that is not going to get you what you want. God is going to be faithful to you. That's for sure. But God is expecting that he's given you the beautiful brain, a beautiful mind to do something. And so he's home, he or she, or if the God is none, there's no sex to him if you want mm -hmm. um, him or her to have it. But you got to do some stuff. And that stuff comes with some hard work. And in my company, sometimes I remember when I really first started paying the payroll, mm -hmm. there are times when the, I wasn't eating, mm -hmm. but they were, right? And I was fine because that I was kind of building for the long haul. And if anything goes wrong, I recognize I got to feed them first and I'm going to eat last. And that's a, that's a different way of, of going about it, but they, they are serving the vision and they are here for me. And I think that's, that's what's important for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One day I'll have you come back and we'll talk about managing groups of people. I've only had six employees and most I've had. So 23, I, I guess I know about writing those, those checks and things like that. When you're like, oh my gosh, you know, so we'll definitely have to talk about that. And uh, one of the things I appreciated that you said too, is about making money and figuring out how to make money. And every day I always tell them I make, I do something that makes me money now and something that makes me money later. You yeah. know, so, you know, doing something like, would you like you said, doing something? Always yeah. doing something. Mm -hmm. um, oh, you always want to to do something, but you want to think about residual income mm -hmm. um, and really trying to figure out what that what that looks like. So if it. If. Big thing is think. Not always think big, think small, mm -hmm. right? So just think about those little bitty things that you can do. And that, that comes from BJ Fogg's book, Tiny Habits. Mm -hmm. These tiny habits are much more sustainable. So people want to go out and do these huge things. I've never been a proponent of that. I just like, if I do one thing consistently, I'm going to be okay. And so let's narrow it down to that one thing. And that's actually a good book too, The One Thing. That's good. Oh, yeah, let that book stress you out. See, that's what we always do. We, we, that's somebody else's formula. You read the one thing to input into yours. And then your thing might be four. You're, you know, you might have four things. And if you listen at the end, when the one thing man tells you, he does coaching, training, and consulting. That's his four. He ain't one thing. Right. So we can't just be so literal. We got to just be welcoming and open to the way things are going to show up. Um, for us, but managing people is not my gift. My, not my biggest gift. So I have, you have to bring on people that are able to help you. 
because I'm a visionary. You don't want to work for me. Um, I'm going to love on you, but you know, Dr. Trump, I, I can't handle no details. <laughs> You're like, no, that's not my, that's not your superpower. When <laughs> it comes to the details, I'm like, what? what? You're like, this is the vision, carry it out. <laughs> Please carry it out. And, and, and I just think the school system has done us such a disservice because mm -hmm. we have walked away believing that the answer is going to be A, B, C, or D. And I'm like, no, it's none of the above. Figure it out. Let me bet. Let me know when you figure that out. And they're looking at me like, what? <laughs> figure it out. Yes, you're not going to give me a book. Listen, if I was going to give you a book, I would just do it. No, let's just, let's play around, throw some spaghetti on the wall. Some of it's not going to stick. It's ready, fire, aim, or ready, aim, fire. I want to aim tomorrow. And so I'm constantly asking my team to aim and you know my 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 team my team i'm actually actually asking them to fire and my team wants to aim right aim 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 i'm like fire 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 <laughs> oh gosh so the other part of it is surround yourself with a, with great people because you are a combination of of all of the people that you surround yourself with yeah, one of my favorite books is uh, Who Not How, and it yeah. talks to you. Love that book? I love that coach. book. Yeah. I'm oh, coach. oh, for real? Oh, yeah. I love him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, oh, I love that book. I love, I oh, I love that book. And uh, yeah, so that's what you're, like you're saying. You're figuring out what your superpowers are, what other people's are, and then, like you said, surround yourself with the people who can help make it happen. Because you know, you know your strengths and weaknesses, and figuring out what you can and and help. And I think that we could do all those things, but it's just difficult. So why do it when you can have other people help you do it? So, all right. The other question I wanted to ask you is. Um, for people who want to be, I get asked this question a lot. For people who want to be coaches, they'll ask me, do I need to go to a coach program? Do I need to, you know, because nowadays, you know about coaching. People, most people think, oh, I can just hang a shingle and be a coach. And so if somebody was interested, some of our listeners who are therapists or anything were interested in coaching, kind of where would you think they should start? Or where would you tell them they needed to start? Well, of course I'm biased. So I always say, if you're interested, come to me. Okay, okay. <laughs> Yes, because, um, you know, one of the things that I, I did was I started the life coaching program at Life University. Mm -hmm. um, and I did that 10 years, kind of, you know, really helped with that program. Mm -hmm. And I, before the way that I got that job was I was teaching people how to be coaches. So my, one of the things that I, I was doing after like from 2003 till today is educating people on how to become a coach. And so we are still doing that work. Okay. We still, we still do it. Um, and also you definitely want to work with the ICF and there are other op opportunities like the International Coach Federation. So look there. There's also the IOC, which is the Harvard Coaching Association. Um, and really just do your, your best to kind of figure out what type of training that you want, mm -hmm. but know that you need some training. Mm -hmm. And me with the PhD, I said, why do I need coach training? Cause I already have a PhD in human behavior. Now 
I will say for therapists and people who are trained in psychology, the training is painful because you are going to know more about the human behavior side than the person for the most part who's doing your training. However, the pieces where I think are very different are the pieces that touch the client, the end user. And that's where you need to start to pay attention to the, to the difference in the engagement. And so that's where the value will come in. And sometimes we just have to humble ourselves because when I first started, I was like, listen, I am not getting any more certificates 32 later after the PhD. I have 32 certificates. <laughs> yes, just finished neuropsychology. Got to, now I got to learn neuro, neuroscience certificate. Don't ask me why. I just love learning. Yeah. Um, so I will tell you that you want to just make sure that you find a program that's going to fit and align with you, but that's going to just give you um, a true scientific matching from all of that stuff we learned from Freud to, you know, all of the great people that were out there. And that's just not out of left field because some, some of the stuff that they call coaching, I'm like, okay, all right. I, I see where you're coming from, but the other stuff, we just want to make sure that there's a balance for us. And that's, that's what I'll, what I'll say. And so, um, that's, that's my, my thing. And, and, you know, not a shameless plug, but truly ask me or ask somebody else because we, We've been out there um, and I've been master certified for a very long time. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, I think, I feel like since 2000, oh God, I don't even want to say, yeah. Yeah, 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 and that's okay. So that's good. To, so you are recommending to get some training in coaching, of course, to know the nuances of coaching as opposed to the therapy piece. And also, sometimes people get the two confused sometimes because you can't do therapy when you're coaching. And, you know, uh, so I think that that would be also good to make sure you can maintain that distinction between the two. So. Yeah, you definitely want to make sure that the distinct that you understand. And I just think it's helpful. And so the other thing is, is just try to find the program. That's so what we do is we make it economical because these coaching programs oh, yeah. cost about as much as another degree. And that's not what I want. I don't, I don't want that. So for therapists and educators, we, really work with them because we're believing they're coming from a different foundation than other people. And so it, it's really about making sure you're getting the skill, but you also don't want a whole lot of loans. That's, that, that, that's not smart either. Mm -hmm. All right. So my last question for you is what's next? Where are you going? Which, where, where are you doing next? What's your bigger vision? Cause you always got a vision. What's your next vision? So it's so it. So interesting that you asked that because right now I there I have two I have two big things that are happening for me. One is we're working on something that's called Neural IQ, which is um, the neuroscience and really um, combining the science of exclusion because I know that I'm passionate about people not being treated fairly. Like there's a trigger for me if somebody is not treated fairly, I lose my mind. And so that's really important. So I want to help organizations and people be able to understand 
what's hap what happens neurologically when people feel excluded and really work on that. And then the other side is this whole whisper her wellness, which is really about working it out because through the pandemic, people are in a lot of pain and I'm sure and you're feeling it a lot. And I know therapists are and therapists are in their own pain. And so helping people really to understand mental health and mental well-being from a wellness perspective. And that's always, you know, with Life University, the life coaching program, the 10 years there was all based on positive psychology and helping people to understand how to infuse that into their lives. And if I can change the world one person at a time, helping people to love their enemies um, and really just recognize that we don't have to, we don't have to disagree. We don't have to agree, but we can just love. It doesn't even matter what you do. We can spread love, but love comes from motion. And I want people to have um, their bodies in motion, you know, moving so that the more you move, the more flexible you are. And that flexibility creates an opportunity for us to be more, more successful. So, you know, as a master scientist in neuro-linguistic programming, I know that a lot of our baggage and stuff is tied to us being stuck and stiff. And, and that's what I really want. I want a, a world where we can work it out. And so it's work it out wellness um, and it's living in the wow now. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the last things that my mom um, wanted for me. So I was having a 49th birthday and I didn't want the birthday to be a big thing. Um, but she wanted it to be just extravagant and big. And she had these napkins printed, you know, living in the wild now, because that was my hashtag, because my hashtags change all the time. And so the work it out wellness is really wow, which is really helping people to live in that wow moment and just being there. It's hard to keep us there, but I want us there. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And all of your information will be in the description of this episode. So everybody, if you want to contact Dr. Cherry for coaching or for her uh, Whisper Her and, and Wow, uh, please contact her. You won't be disappointed at all. <laughs> so I thank you. I thank you, my sister. I, I appreciate you so much. And uh, I'm hoping that you'll come back and see us again. I'll come back. You know wherever you ask me to be I'm, I will show up yeah. mad love because um, I, I love you dearly mad respect um, and it's just just a beautiful thing to see your sister um, be successful and I mean the vibrant way that you're showing up I just appreciate it I appreciate all you do and um, just just who you are so it's a blessing to have you in my inner circle and I love you Love you too. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for giving some of your time to listen to the Six Figure Therapist. If something was said that taught or inspired you, please join us on our mission to uplift and empower mental health practitioners. You can become part of the movement by sharing this episode, subscribing to the podcast, and leaving a review. We can also be found at Six Figure Therapist on YouTube and Instagram. Until next time, we wish you wellness. And remember, broke is not your color. <laughs>